As a believer, reading God's Word is a critical part of your daily spiritual journey. And because it's so important, we've created a unique new resource to help you immerse yourself in biblical truth and open your eyes to all God's Word has for you. It's a free PDF download called The Word One-to-One that takes you on a guided journey through John chapter one. With biblical text and short commentary, each page provides insights that will strengthen your faith in an easy to read guided format. There's truly no other resource like this. Download your free PDF copy today at premierinsight.org forward slash resources. That's premierinsight.org forward slash resources. Hello friends, I'm Rick Warren and welcome to Spurgeon's Sermons. This is the official podcast brought to you by Premier and Spurgeon's College. You know, the teachings of Charles Spurgeon have had a personal impact on my life in a profound way and I'm confident they'll do the same for you. So get ready to be challenged, equipped and guided by Charles Spurgeon who is universally regarded as the greatest English preacher in the history of the church. Jesus at Bethesda, or Waiting Changed for Believing, a sermon by Charles Spurgeon, part four. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another Steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. John's Gospel, chapter 5, verses 1 to 9. Observe, beloved friends, that the cure which Christ wrought was perfect. The man could carry his bed. The restoration was proved to a demonstration. The cure was manifest. All could see it. Moreover, the cure was immediate. He was not told to take a lump of figs and put it on the saw and wait. He was not carried home by his friends and laid up for a month or two and gradually nursed into vital energy. Oh no, he was cured there and then. Half our professing Christians imagine that regeneration cannot take place in a moment. And therefore, they say to poor sinners, 
Go and lie at Bethesda's pool. Wait in the use of ordinances. Humble yourself. Seek for deeper repentance. Beloved, away with such teaching. The cross, the cross, the cross. There hangs a sinner's hope. You must not rely on what you can do, nor on what angels can do, nor on visions and dreams, nor on feelings and strange emotions and horrible deliriums. But you must rest in the blood of my Master and my God, once slain for sinners. There is life in a look at the crucified one, but there is life nowhere else. I come to the same point then, upon the second head as the first. Thus saith the Lord, look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. Finally, we have to apply the instance in the text to the present occasion. I hope, believers, your hearts are going up in prayer this morning. What a scene is before us. If someone had told us that this mass of people would have gathered to listen to the gospel, are there not hundreds who would have doubted it? Mark this. We have had nothing novel to attract this multitude. Nothing by way of gorgeous ceremony. There is not even the swell of the organ. I declined its pealing notes. Lest we should seem to depend in the slightest degree from a thread even of a shoe latchet upon anything but the preaching of the gospel. The preaching of the cross is enough to draw the people and enough to save the people. And if we take to anything else, we lose our power and shear away the locks which make us strong. The application of the text this morning is just this. Why should we not on this very spot have instantaneous cures of sick souls? Why should there not be scores, hundreds, thousands, who shall this morning hear the gracious word, Arise, take up thy bed and walk? I believe it is possible. I hope it will be done. Let me talk with you who doubt this matter. You still think that you must wait. You have had a sufficient spell of waiting and you are getting tolerably weary. But still, you stick to the old plan, hopeless as it is. You still catch at it as drowning men do at straws. But I want to show you that this is all wrong. Regeneration is an instantaneous work, and justification an instantaneous gift. Man fell in a moment. When Eve plucked the fruit and Adam ate it, it did not require six months to bring them into a state of condemnation. It did not require several years of continued sin to cast them out of paradise. Their eyes were opened by the forbidden fruit. They saw that they were naked, and they hid themselves from God. Surely, surely Christ 
is not to be longer about his work than the devil was about his. Shall the devil destroy us in a moment and Jesus be unable to save us in a moment? Ah, glory be to God. He has power to deliver far more ample than any which Satan uses for man's destruction. Look at the biblical illustrations of what salvation is. I will only mention three. Noah built an ark. That was the type of salvation. Now when was Noah saved? Christ has built the ark for us. We have nothing to do with building that. But when was Noah saved? Does anyone say he was safe after he had been in the ark a month and had arranged all the things and looked out on the deluge and felt his danger? No. The moment Noah went through the door and the Lord shut him in, Noah was safe. When he had been in the ark a second, he was as secure as when he had been there a month. Take the case of the Passover. When were the Jews safe from the destroying angel who went through the land of Egypt? Were they safe after the blood which was sprinkled on the door had been looked upon and considered for a week or two? Oh no. Beloved, the moment the blood was sprinkled, the house was secured. And the moment a sinner believes and trusts in the crucified Son of God, he is pardoned at once. He receives salvation in full through Christ's blood. One more instance, the brazen serpent. When the brazen serpent was lifted up, what were the wounded to do? Were they told to wait till the brazen serpent was pushed into their faces? Or until the venom of the serpent showed certain symptoms in their flesh? No, they were commanded to look. They did look. Were they healed in six months' time? I read not so. But as soon as their eye met the serpent of brass, the cure was wrought. And as soon as your eye meets Christ, you are saved. Though yesterday you were deep in your cups and up to your neck in sin, yet if this morning you look to my once slain but now exalted master, again take biblical instances. Did the dying thief wait at the pool of the ordinances? You know how soon his believing prayer was heard. And Jesus said, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. The three thousand at Pentecost, did they wait for some great thing? No, they believed and were baptized. Look at the jailer of Philippi. It was the dead of night. The prison was shaken, and the jailer was alarmed and said, Sir, what must I do to be saved? Did Paul say, Well, you must use the means and look for a blessing upon the ordinances? No. He said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. And that very night he baptised him. Paul did not take the time about it that some think is so exceedingly necessary. He believed, as I do, that there is life in a look at Jesus.
He bade men look, and looking, they lived. Possibly you will see this still more clearly if I remind you that the work of salvation is all gratis. There is nothing for a sinner to do in order to be saved. It is all done for him. You want washing? The bath does not need filling. There is a fountain filled with blood. You want clothing? You have not to make the garment. The robe is ready. The garment of Christ's righteousness is woven from the top throughout. All that is wanted is to have it put on. If some work remained for you to do, it might be a lengthened process. But all the doing is accomplished by Christ. Salvation is not of works, but of grace. And to accept what Christ presents you is not a work of time. Once more, let me say to you that regeneration itself cannot be a work of a long time. Because even where it seems to be most gradual, when looked at closely, it turns out in its essence to be the work of a moment. There is a dead man. Now, if that man be raised from the dead, there must be an instant in which he was dead and another instant in which he was alive. The actual quickening must be the work of a moment. I grant you that at the first, the life may be very feeble, but there must be a time when it begins. There must be a line. We cannot always see it ourselves, but God must see it. There must be a line between life and death. A man or woman cannot be somewhere between dead and alive. They either are alive or they are dead. And so you are either dead in sin or alive unto God. And quickening cannot involve a long period of time. Finally, my hearers, for God to say, I forgive thee, takes not a century nor a year. The judge pronounces the sentence and the criminal is acquitted. If God shall say to thee this morning, I absolve thee, thou art absolved, and thou mayest go in peace. I must bear faithful witness as to my own case. I never found mercy by waiting. I never obtained a gleam of hope by depending upon ordinances. I found salvation by believing. I heard a simple minister of the gospel say, look and live, look to Jesus. He bleeds in the garden, he dies on the tree. Trust him, trust to what he suffered instead of you. And if you trust him, you shall be saved. The Lord knows I had heard that gospel many times before, but I had not obeyed it. It came, however, with power to my soul and I did look. And the moment I looked to Christ, I lost my burden. But, says one, how do you know? Did you ever carry a burden yourself? Oh yes, say you. Did you know when it was off? How did you know? Oh, you say, I felt so different. I knew when my burden was on and consequently I knew when it was off. 
it was so in my case. I only wish some of you felt the burden of sin as I felt it when I was waiting at the pool of Bethesda. I wonder that such waiting had not landed me in hell. But when I heard the word, look, I looked, and my burden was gone. I wondered where it was gone. I have never seen it since, and I never shall see it again. It went into the master's tomb, and it lies forever buried there. God has said it. I have blotted out like a cloud thine iniquities, and like a thick cloud thy sins. Oh, come, ye needy, come to my master, you that have been disappointed with rites and ceremonies and feelings and impressions and all the hopes of the flesh, come at my master's command and look up to him. He is not here in the flesh, for he has risen, but he has risen to plead for sinners, and he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Oh, if I could know how to preach the gospel so that you would feel it, I would go to any school to learn. The Lord knows I would willingly consent to lose these eyes to get greater power in my ministry. I, and to lose arms, legs and all my members, I would be willing to die if I could but be honoured by the Holy Spirit to win this mass of souls to God. I implore you, my brothers and sisters, you who have power in prayer, pray the Lord bring sinners to Christ. The Lord save each one of you, and his shall be the praise evermore. Amen. Thank you for listening, friends. This podcast was brought to you by Premier in association with Spurgeon's College. For more Christian podcasts, sermons, and music, head back to the website premier.plus and sign in for free.